Thank you for subscribing to the Parkway Fellowship Podcast. Parkway Fellowship, commonly referred to as The Park, is a purpose-driven church in Katy, Texas, recognized for its innovation and rapid growth. Designed for the person who might not be used to attending church, The Park, one of the only purpose-driven churches in the area, has quickly become one of the most popular West Houston churches for people new to their faith, to church, or to living in the Katy area. It is our prayer that God changes your life through this message from Pastor Adam Jungblut. Good morning. Man, I'm glad y'all are here this morning. My name's Adam Jungblut, and I'm the membership and ministry pastor here at the park. And I got to tell you, I've really enjoyed this series, God Is. We've been looking at the different roles that God desires to play in our lives. And it's a pretty simple concept, because the more roles we know somebody in, well, the better we know that person. I mean, think about your family. You know pretty much all of the roles that your family members play on a daily basis. And, well, you know your family members the best. And the more roles that we know God in, well, the more that we're going to know him. I mean, we've taken a look at God is Father. We've taken a look at God is Peace. And today we're going to take a look at God is Fortress, as illustrated by our very ferocious and scary Roman soldier here. And look, and God is Fortress picks up right where we left off last week with God is Peace. Because there's no other place that you feel more at peace than in a fortress. There's no other place that you feel safe, fortified, high walls, protected, than in a fortress. You know, and as I was writing this message, I just couldn't help but think about the places in my life that I feel safe. You know, I thought about my house that I live in. I, I just feel safe there. No matter what happens during the day, when I start driving home, it's as if, Everything just falls off the shoulders. The worries of the world are gone. When I pull in the neighborhood, I just start feeling better, start smiling a little bit more, drive in the driveway. I'm already excited. And then when I walk through the front doors, I mean, my kids make it to where like I'm a superhero and I walk in. It's just screams of daddy's home and they run down the stairs. I'm just safe. I'm secure. It's so great to walk through the doors of my house. I thought about the house that I grew up in. I just, you feel safe there. My mom still lives there, and I love going back and literally feeling those memories all over again and almost reliving them as my kids do the same things that I did growing up, play with the same toys, the same swing set, jump and climb the same tree, all of those, you know, great things. I thought of the Christian camp that Robin and I met at. I mean, just the safe places that I have in my life. But look, we all have places like that. Think about them for a minute. Think about the places that are the safest. For some in this room, it's the house that we live in. It's where we feel the safest. For some, it's the house we grew up in. For some, it's grandparents' house. Oh, the smell of the food. There's nothing like sleeping in and then waking up to grandma's cooking. It's like you wake up and, oh, it just smells so fantastic. For some, maybe it's a place where something great was accomplished. And every time you think about the accomplishment that was made, think about it for a second. Doesn't it feel good? It feels great. But look, while I feel safe at my house, there was one night I was actually away. Kids were asleep. Robin was getting ready for bed. She was in our bathroom. And she caught a man peeking through the window. Absolutely terrifying. Absolutely frightening to look and see a silhouette looking through your window. 
Praise God, my father-in-law lives in the same neighborhood, and literally he came with guns in hand. You know, the image of safety is just shattered at that moment. It's the only night my wife literally ever slept with a shotgun loaded in bed. Like I thought, you know, the house growing up, I felt so safe there. But one time, when we were growing up, my parents were gone. I don't remember the details of why they were gone, but I remember a really bad storm arose. And we had some friends over, and we had to go downstairs and hunker down in a bathroom because tornadoes were coming through our neighborhood and literally ripping the roofs off of the houses nearby. We were kids holding on to one another in the dark as homes were being destroyed. It was terrifying. And as I thought about it, every place in my life that I would have considered safe, I had really frightening memories that had occurred there. And I bet if you thought for just a little bit, you could think of scary memories that you have in the places that 30 seconds ago you thought were the safest places. Now, look, I don't tell you that to ruin memories of grandma's biscuits and gravy, all right? I don't tell you that to shatter memories that you have or to ruin your house. I tell you that because we try to manufacture our safety. We try to manufacture our peace and our security. We try to provide safety for ourselves. But here's the truth. We can't do it. We can never provide the safety that we so badly want and desire. There's no alarm system strong enough. There's no gun big enough. It's impossible to provide safety for ourselves that we want. The only place that that safety comes that we so deeply desire is in a relationship with God. That is the role that God is fortress. That's the role that God desires to play. Look, today I want us to journey back into the book of Psalms. We're going to take a look at Psalm 18 today. Once again, it's written by David. And David knows and understands and views God as his fortress. And in this really long chapter, I mean, 50 verses, we're not going to be able to take a look at all of it today, but we're going to take a look at a lot, big chunks of it. Because there are times in David's life when he is at his weakest, and yet he knows God is fortress. When he is afraid, God is fortress. That is peace has been shattered. God is fortress. And I want us to take a look at this passage because he lays out for us how to have this relationship with God that we know him as God is fortress. So let's take a look at the first two verses right now before we really get started. Psalm 18, verses 1 and 2. Say, I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress. Circle my fortress for me with the pen that's in your seat. And my deliverer, my God, is my rock, in whom I take refuge. My shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Look, this is literally coming from a guy who lived in a fortress. Like, he lived in one. And yet, he is calling out to God, saying, you are my fortress, not my house, you If you were living in biblical times, you'd understand this concept a little bit more. I did some research on it because, honestly, I was missing a lot of it. I want us to think back. Let's pretend that we're all living in biblical times together. In biblical times, the fortress or the castle was the center point 
of every city, whether the king lived there or the governor, the highest ranking official lived in the fortress. And then the rest of the city basically surrounded it. And everybody lived in their homes and worked in commerce from around the fortress. But when an oncoming enemy would attack the city, everybody would drop everything that they were doing and they would rush into the fortress. And the fortress was built large enough to sustain the entire city. And everybody would rush inside this fortress and they were able to live inside until the battle was over. There was enough supplies, places for them to stay, to provide for them until the battle had been won. And then when the battle had been won, they would venture back to repair their homes, their jobs, their businesses, their farmlands. So whenever an oncoming enemy would attack, they would drop everything and rush into the fortress. That's the image that David is calling upon here. So when he writes this, everybody who's reading this in biblical times, they understand this concept exactly. But yet we just think of this castle and this big fort, but it's so much more than that. It's this idea that we drop everything and we rush into this fortress, into this relationship with God. That's what David knew. That's what David understand. That's what he says has gotten him through everything. You have got to know God in this way. And as he continues on through this chapter, he lays out two things that we've got to do. Two things that we have got to do to know God is fortress. Here's the first one. You have to call on the power of God. You have to call on the power of God. Look, we talk constantly about how God is love. We talk about how God is good. We talk about how God is forgiving. We talk about how God is merciful. We talk about God's grace. And we paint God as if he were here, he'd buy season tickets to the ballet. And not a God that would buy season tickets at the 50-yard line to watch offensive and defensive linemen smash their heads in together every single Sunday. Look, God is a powerful God. God is a powerful forceful God who commands oceans to move, who is able to move mountains with his breath. I mean, the only reason that we are alive and breathing is because he desires it. He moves the hurricanes and the wind because he wills it. He is the most strongest and powerful force in the universe. That gets lost. But yet when we begin to know God as fortress, the power of God moves to the forefront in our relationship with him. Look at how David writes. I want us to take a look at a big chunk of this passage right here. We're going to start in verse 6. I want us to start in verse 6. Here we go. In my distress, I called to the Lord. Underline that first part of that deal for me. In my distress, I called to the Lord. I cried to my God for help. From his temple, he heard my voice. My cry came before him into his ears. Just stop for a second. Look, fear has the ability to paralyze us. When we become fearful, when we need to draw on God as fortress, when there is an attack, when something happens in our lives, when our safety is shaken, When places that we feel safe are broken, 
And all of a sudden, we're in a fearful position and we let fear consume us. We become paralyzed. It's like when you go to the movie theater to watch a scary movie and the girl is screaming and yelling because she's being attacked and you're yelling at the screen, don't go in the room, don't go in the room. And yet she goes in the room and then she realizes she can't get out anywhere and she's stuck and you're like, stupid moron, you've got to be kidding me. And then, you know, the person comes in and she dies. Like, you want to feel sorry for her, but you're like, it's your fault. It's your fault. You didn't do anything. You just ran in there and you couldn't get out. Saw it coming. Totally saw it coming. Look, when we become fearful, we don't do anything. But yet if we know God is fortress, we're able to call on our faith. And look at what happened when David, look what I had you underline. In his distress, I called to the Lord. It's not in my distress, I had to learn God is my fortress so that I could do something about it. No, David knew God is fortress so that in his distress, he called. We need to know God is fortress now so that in your distress, you can call. In distress is not the time to say, gosh, I need to go on iTunes and download that sermon that Pastor Adam did a couple of months ago. And like, remember what he was talking about. No, we need to learn it now so that in distress, we can immediately call on the Lord. Look at, look at what happens picking up in verse 7. The earth trembled and quaked, and the foundations of the mountain shook. They trembled because he, talking about God, was angry. Smoke rose from his nostrils. Consuming fire came from his mouth. Burning coals blazed out of it. He parted the heavens and came down. Dark clouds were under his feet. He mounted the cherub and flew. He soared on the wings of the wind. He made darkness his covering, his canopy around him, the dark rain clouds of the sky. Out of the brightness of his presence, clouds advanced with hailstones and bolts of lightning. The Lord thundered from heaven. The voice of the Most High resounded. He shot his arrows and scattered the enemy. With great bolts of lightning, he routed them. The valleys of the sea were exposed and the foundations of the earth laid bare at your rebuke, Lord, at the blast of breath from your nostrils. Is that the image of God you have when you lay down to pray at night? I don't think so. God is great. God is good. Let us thank him for our food. Is that the God you have in your mind? No, it's not. Don't you think that having that image of God helped David know him as fortress? Yes. Because in his distress, that's what he's picturing. That's what he's thinking of. Of course it helped him. The reason that we don't think of God this way and we don't see him like this is because we're too busy looking at our, at, at our problem, at what is stressing us, at what is attacking us. We're too busy looking at our problem than we are to look at God. So what do we fall back on? God is love. We fall back on God is good. God forgives me. God, would you help me? Because we're so worried about what's attacking us. Let me paint a picture for you real quick. Totally hypothetical. Let's say you have a, you've been challenged to a car race. Drag race, 200 yards. 
Whoever loses, loses everything. Literally everything. House, finances, every possession you have is gone. You and one other car. Loser loses it all. You go from having a house, car, clothes to put on your back, food in your pantries, to being homeless on the streets. Dad, how could you have lost? We're living in a cardboard box. And then the cardboard box is taken from you. All of a sudden, your competition rolls up. And it is a souped up, brand new, fully charged Camaro. Engine is rearing and you start freaking out. You are panicked. There's no way you can win. You are so busy thinking about the competition, how you're going to lose. You're thinking about your kids going hungry. You're thinking about your wife being upset because she lost her dream house. You're thinking of letting your family down. You're thinking of the consequences that you forget about two things. You forget all of a sudden green means go and the car takes off and you forget that you're sitting in a Corvette. Easily capable of beating the Camaro. But yet you're so consumed with the competition. You're so consumed with the attack that you forget everything. That's what happens. Here's another example. Let's say the same thing in a football game and you have to face the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, wait, they're easy to beat. That's not scary at all. My bad. I don't know what I was thinking about. Good JV junior high team could beat them. Sorry. I know. So, yeah, horrible example. Think about the car thing. Look, the problem is you've taken your eyes off of the power of God and you've put it on your struggling marriage. You've taken your eyes off the power of God and you've put it on the economy and your finances. You've taken it off of the power of God and you've put it on the shakiness of your job. You've taken it off, your focus off of the power of God and you've put it on the loss of a loved one. You've taken your eyes off the power of God and you've put it on your addictions. You've taken your eyes off the power of God and you've put it on the bitterness in your heart from a hurt relationship. You've got to focus on the power and call on the power of God. Look, I want to give you a couple bullet points real quick on how you can do that. Make it real easy for you. Here's the first one. Get a Joshua box. We talked about it a couple weeks ago, Memorial Day. The Joshua box is simply a box from the story of Joshua in the Old Testament. It's a box that you put trinkets and memories in of things that God has done great in your life. When God has moved mightily in your life, get a trinket or something that reminds you of that time and put it in the box. Write it out on a note card so that when there is an oncoming attack, you can go to this box, open it, and be reminded of God's power. Get a Joshua box. Here's the second thing. Start a prayer journal. Everything that you are praying for, write it out. And literally, in a couple of weeks, you'll be able to go back, draw a line through it, and write down how God has answered those prayers. So you'll have a list of all of the prayers that God has answered for you. Look, maybe for you, read Job 38 through 40, Revelation 19, and Daniel 7. Those are all chapters of the Bible that are just like what we read in Psalm 18, focusing on the power, the power of God. Just amazing passages. Look, here's one. Sing praise and worship songs. Listen to them in your car. Sing out loud. Look. Praise and worship songs constantly focus on different attributes and aspects of God. 
It's a great way for you to get a complete and full picture of God. Here's another one. Go to your small group. And some of y'all might be thinking, how does go to small group focus on the power of God? Look, I've already gotten handfuls of emails of amazing things that God has done through small groups already. And this is just our third week of small groups. Look, we've gotten emails of healings that have taken place in small group. There was a man who was miraculously healed from an incurable Crohn's disease from laying on of hands in prayer. That's what happens. That's what you find out about. That's what you hear about when you share people's lives in small group. That is explained by the power of God and God alone. Look, you have got to go to your small group. That's where you can experience God's power. So what's the second thing? What's the second thing then? For you to know God is fortress. Well, you have to fight back from within my fortress. Fight back from within my fortress. Look, fortresses, they were definitely made for defense. They were definitely made to run in and be secure and be safe. Look, every fortress I've ever seen has also got high towers with cannons on top. They've also got places for snipers to be on. They've also got places for you to hold one heck of a fight. Think about it. At the end of the movie, where is the epic battle staged? Where the bad guy is riding in with his army. And it's the last stand at the fortress. And the good guy wages one final battle and they win. Look, we have this idea that a fortress is made for us to run in and to just hide behind the walls and then let God do all the fighting. No, that's not the image at all. That's not the role of God as fortress. The role of God as fortress is that we run into the fortress and we are safe and we're secure We cannot be defeated. And then God says, now go kick tail. Now that you can't lose from within these walls. That's the concept. Look at what David writes in verses 37 through 40. It says, I pursued my enemies and overtook them. I did not turn back till they were destroyed. I crushed them so that they could not rise. They fell beneath my feet. You armed me with strength for battle. You made my adversaries bow at my feet. You made my enemies turn their backs in flight, and I destroyed my foes. Oh, how awesome does that sound? How would you like to take whatever's attacking you and just crush it? How would you like to take the economy right now and just smack it back in the face? How great would that be? How would you like to take the person in your life, the boss that, no, not, not me, not me. Don't, don't think that's me. No, I'm just kidding. Look, how would you like to take whatever's attacking you and fight back? That's the image. That's the image. That's the role that God desires to play, to arm you and strengthen you. Because you know what? I've had enough of Satan trying to steal the good things that God's got in store for me. I've had enough of Satan trying to kill and destroy the great things that God's laid out. I've had enough of it. I've had enough from him trying to take it from my life. I've had enough of it trying to have it take it from the people in my small group, from my neighbors. I've had enough of it from Satan to try and attack you. I'm done. I don't want to be the kind of person, I don't want to be in the kind of small group, and I don't want to be in the kind of church that just runs and hides in a fortress. I want to be part of a 
small group and a part of a church that runs in a fortress and then fights back. I want to wage one war that we know that we cannot lose because we're in a fortress. Because we cannot be conquered. That's what I want to show Satan. I want him to know that in this community, you've lost. Satan, you think you've won in this community? Oh, you haven't seen anything yet. You haven't seen a church that has waged a battle in prayer. You haven't seen a church that has helped. You haven't seen a church that has reached the unchurched and the disconnected and the disinterested yet. That's what I want to be a part of. And when I know God is fortress, I also know I can't lose. Look, we say all the time, look, invite your friends and your family to church. And I know that can be awkward. So look, I literally, we want to give you a chance to experience God as fortress in a way that you can't lose. Did you hear that? In a way that you can't lose. This next week, we have the 4th of July. The 4th of of July is coming up on Wednesday. And in our community, there's two really awesome firework displays. And people go watch them literally by the thousands at Katie Mills Mall and the Cinco Ranch High School area. Well, we want to send our church, we want to send you into those two areas with one of the most unstoppable forces and tools known to children. That's glow necklaces. It's true. Glow necklaces cannot be defeated in the worlds of kids. Look, it's really simple. We are going to go with glow necklaces and invite cards. And we're going to pass out 10,000 glow necklaces for free. And we're going to make people's nights even better. And we're going to invite them to church. Look, here's how it's going to happen. Just a couple seconds. I want you to sign up on your connection card. If you want to help pass out glow necklaces at either Katie Mills Mall or at Cinco Ranch High School. And we're going to have a central meeting point. And you're going to show up at that central meeting point about 645. You're going to get a tube of glow necklaces and a stack of invite cards. And then you're going to go watch the fireworks from wherever you want, you and your family want to go watch them. And then to the people around you, we just want you to walk up to their families. And we want you to be a hero. Check this out. Kids are going to be saying to their parents, I want a glow necklace. I want a glow necklace. And here you come. Knight, shining armor. I have some free glow necklaces for you. Kids are going to love you because you have glow necklaces. Parents are going to love you because you have free glow necklaces. You're going to be able to say, hey, I've got some glow necklaces for you. Hey, here, y'all go have fun with them. They're going to say, thank you so much. Hey, listen, we'd love to invite you to church. Look, our church meets here. It's a great church. What an easy way to build a bridge. What an easy way to begin to take back and fight what Satan is trying to steal. Literally, you can't lose. Now look, that is a small illustration of fighting back from within my fortress. Look, it's a battle you can't lose. There's no way it can go wrong. Everybody's excited about it. But look, our hope is, is that you will understand the victory in that and that that'll escalate. And then it'll be a fight against maybe sin in your own life. Then it'll be a sin in stepping out, maybe in somebody in your small group's life. And then you'll be stepping out against injustice that's going on in your community. Then it'll escalate. And as churches, we will be able to step out against the crimes that are happening in our area and the injustices and the hurts that are going on. And we will learn 
from taking small steps that as God is fortress, we're going to fight back and we can't lose. So would you join me this 4th of July in taking a small step in learning God is fortress and fighting back with a simple glow necklace? Look, this idea of God is fortress, it's the spiritual life that we all desire. It's the spiritual life of knowing that we're safe, knowing that we're protected, knowing that we have this God that is this all-powerful, dividing the heavens, shooting his arrows against our enemies, against our adversaries, and yet fighting back battles that we know we're victorious in. This is the God. This is the God that we all desire to know. So would everybody in this room take out your connection card? Now, I want you to take a next step. Flip it over on the back. I want you to take a next step on your connection card and in your sermon notes. Maybe few, it's this first one. Would you read all of Psalm 18 this week? Look, Psalm 18, it's got 50 verses in it. It's a huge, huge chapter. We only read about half of it. So would you read the whole thing this week? Maybe few, it's this next one. Read Job 38 through 40, Revelation 19, and Daniel 7 this week. To help get a picture of God's power. Look, if reading that passage in Psalm 18 just resonated with you, of just that awesome power of God, man, you should check out those chapters. You ain't seen nothing yet. God is more powerful than we can imagine. Maybe for you, it's this next one. Get a Joshua box for real this week. Look, if you plan on getting one after Memorial Day weekend a couple of weeks ago, and then you didn't, for real, go get one now. Check that box, go get one this week. Look, these next two are big. Sign me up to pass out glow necklaces this 4th of July at Katie Mills Mall. Look, check that box. We will send you an email tomorrow letting you know all of the details, giving you a central location for you to show up, get a tube of glow necklaces and a stack of invite cards. Then you can go pass out those glow necklaces and those invite cards from wherever your family wants to watch the fireworks, all right? So check that one if you want to go to Katie Mills Mall. For you, or the next one, sign me up to pass out glow necklaces this 4th of July at Cinco Ranch High School. Maybe for you, it's this next one. Memorize Psalm 18, verse 2. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield, and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. What a great verse to memorize. Or maybe for you, it's this last one. Become a Christ follower for the first time today. Look, there's never been a time in your life where you've asked Christ to come into your heart to be your Lord and Savior. God, make that today. Make that today as you begin your journey of knowing God, knowing him as your father, as peace, as fortress. Know him as Lord and Savior first. It starts with asking his son, Jesus Christ, to come into your heart to be your Lord and Savior. Ask him to forgive all of your sins and pledge in your life to follow him from this day forward. Look, if that's you, there's a sample prayer at the bottom of your sermon notes. In just a couple seconds, when Pat and the worship team come back up to play a song, That'd be a great time for you to bow your head and pray that prayer in your seat. And if you truly mean it, then you just became a Christ follower. If you pledge your life to follow him from this day forward, congratulations, you get to go to heaven when you die. Look, as you leave by every door on stands, there are packets, we call them new believer packets. Take them home, open them up. It's just got information there to help you in your new life with Christ. Check that box on your your connection card as well. Look, let me pray for us as Pat and the worship team come back up. Hey, dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this morning. I pray that we would truly begin to know you as fortress. God, would we know you, that we rush into you whenever we are in distress, whenever our safety is compromised, whenever we feel 
with the safety that we have tried, God, just in a careless and, and futile effort to manufacture around ourselves is shaken. God, would we rush to you? God, and would we know you as fortress and would we feel safe? God, but then once we are safe, God, would we fight back knowing that we cannot lose? Would we fight back against what Satan is trying to steal from us, what he is trying to kill and destroy? God, would we fight back in this community against, God, the injustices? Would we fight back, God, and try to win those that are unchurched and disinterested and not connected anywhere? Lord, would we make a difference knowing that as you are as our fortress, we cannot lose? Lord, we love you. We thank you for this morning. We ask all this in your name. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. Our prayer is that God has given you at least one next step to take today in your walk with Christ. For more information about Parkway Fellowship or to contact us, visit www.parkwayfellowship.com. To talk with a pastor about becoming a Christ follower for the first time, you can call our offices at 832-222-9282.